0: Hey everybody, welcome back to a bonus episode of the Depths of Music podcast. My name is Nick, and today I wanted to take a quick moment to talk about my first real concert. So, I am younger, um, and I kind of haven't been to a concert since uh, Star Wars and Symphony when I was four, which did slap, which did slap. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Star Wars and Symphony, would recommend. Uh, Whatever my four-year-old brain remembers. But somebody who really got like really deep into music and got like comfortable with my own taste and asking people to go to concerts. You know, the pandemic kind of shot all those dreams down. So I really got to embark on my first real concert-going experience as a teenager uh, just about a week ago-ish. At time of recording, I don't know when this is going to be released. Uh, but I saw Judas Priest and Sabaton on their 50 Years of Heavy Metal tour. Uh, you know, I don't want to dox myself, so I'm not going to tell you exactly where it was. But uh, suffice to say, the show was incredible. It was, like, the best thing ever. Both bands put on a heck of a show. So I have a playlist I made for myself, mostly for sentimental reasons, but also for this I'm just going to go over kind of the set list, talk about it a little bit, talk about some of these songs a little bit, because Sabaton and Judas Priest are both bands I haven't really had the chance yet to talk about on this show. Uh, I might talk about Sabaton when their new record comes out, but uh, I just want an excuse to talk about them, and this is my podcast, so, you know, I do what I want. All right, so Sabaton opens, so the first thing you see when you walk into the venue is sabaton set which is like a blown up version of their most recent album cover uh, the great war and most notably the uh, drum kit is set up on a giant tank which looks incredibly awesome all the mic stands are like have helmets on them it's very it's it's a very sabaton set and you know people have their perceptions of sabaton i've heard people be like oh Sabaton's this cheesy band for nerds and like, yeah, they kind of are but Sabaton despite what I think of some of their songs on record on live, everything they do hits, and the and the surprising thing about Sabaton is how funny they are um, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce anybody's names in that band because I'm just going to butcher them to high heaven and I know I will so, uh, forgive me for that but sabaton uh starts with ghost division a song i really am not that familiar with but was definitely still a pretty solid way to open up the entire set to be honest you know sabaton doesn't have very many slow songs so i was kind of going into this expecting to get pummeled blow after blow after blow with loud aggressive bangers and for my money that is definitely what i got Uh, after that song they go back into the backstage I don't know what I was going to call it the dressing room I don't know Uh, and they come out with gas masks which was pretty freaking cool Um, lead singer's got this giant like backpack and like gun he can't really like shoot it but you know he's got like this gas gun and it's uh, for attack of the dead men uh, which also is a really great song live Um, I'd heard it before not super familiar with it but so far we're, we're going full pedal of the metal uh the last stand uh, is the next track which i think is like if i were to pick a sabaton greatest hit it would be that and I, I do know and love this song crowd was on their freaking feet the whole time for this song it's a headbanger and a half it is great live especially when everyone else is Screaming the lyrics to it. And the thing about Sabaton was that they were very like. They were bo- both bands, really, but Sabaton especially was really wholesome. Judas Priest didn't do as much interacting with the crowd at the show because Judas Priest had a lot of heavy... They had 50 years of heavy metal to get through, and they were going song after song after song after song after song. So there wasn't as much time to stop and talk to the crowd as Sabaton had, which was cool. So we got a lot of really fun interactions with the band getting us to jump up and down or sing parts with them, or there was one time during... uh, a solo or something that the guitarist just started putting picks on the lead singer's head and they stuck like literally stuck to his head. I don't know what that means. Uh but it was pretty funny. Uh quite entertaining. So they were very very once again very good live. If you don't like Sabaton on record and you have the chance to go see them live, I would give it a shot. Uh next through the set was we've got the red baron brismark uh fields of verdun which is my favorite song off of that most recent album the great war um that thing goes hard uh carlos rex uh which is an older cut for them but uh you know they uh asked the crowd who was swedish and the drummer raised his hand uh to which the singer promptly to told him to shut up. Uh but they they did find a random dude in the front row who was like half Swedish that they dedicated the song to which was nice. Uh Steel Commanders was up next a single that was not actually on iTunes when Sabaton dropped like when when I went to the concert Sabaton had not put this out yet on iTunes. There was a different version of it. Um, and the the more I listen to the song and the lyrics, the more it it does show that classic Sabaton cheese, but at the same time, that, 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 that chorus goes hard. That chorus goes so hard, um, and that was really fun to yell at the top of your lungs. Uh, Defense of Moscow is another more recent single that was quite good. Uh, same with... Primo Victoria, and Swedish Pagans. Those are both older songs, though. And I, I was mistaken. Uh, Carlos Rex was not the one he dedicated to Sweden. It was Swedish Pagans, obviously. And then they closed their set with To Hell and Back, which was, you know, one of the most popular songs off of that record. I, f- I forgot the name of it. But um, great song, great track, great way to close. Sabaton killed it. So, honestly, like... If you don't like Sabaton and you're able to catch them at a festival or if you do like Sabaton, I would say just go see them live. They're well worth your money and your time just because of the amount of effort they put in their show and the amount of genuine fun they seem to be having there. Um, So with that, that was a really great way to start the night. Then as the set changes, we're all waiting patiently for you know, Judas Priest to start. First thing that happens is the lights go dark, and you hear blasted over the loudspeakers a recording uh, version, not an actual, like, cover version, but just the recording of War Pigs by Black Sabbath, which is freaking awesome, because, uh, you know, you got a room full of metalheads uh, that love Judas Priest and old school metal, so obviously everybody is belting every single lyric of this song which is pretty awesome judas priest hadn't even got on stage and everybody is already like freaking out man my voice is not good um that's why this is a bonus episode not a main episode so that i can keep all my mess ups in and not have to feel stressed out to edit them out it's not called low effort it's called more content darn it's um, so when Judas Priest actually take the stage well before they take their stage the the main part of Judas Priest's set is this giant like the, the Judas Priest cross I don't know what else to call it pit cross kind of thing it is slowly raised up and you know everything's all black now it's night out so everything is dark except for this red cross raising in the air and there's like this ominous background vocal that's like talking about like when the beast emerged from deep space and opens its eyes and said, "I am heavy effing metal," uh, which is once again a little cheesy, but man, it is cool in person. Uh, and then you get the do down, 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 down to start off their first song, which is "One Shot of Glory," which. It's a hell of a way to start your show. Um, Rob Halford and the rest of the band come out. Their set, kind of revealed, is this big metal factory where where the metal is created. Pun completely intended. Um, Rob Halford comes out, and I guess I want to talk about him now, because Rob Halford is a 70-year-old man. He walks out on stage in full leather, full leather jacket, Like, trench coat, the whole nine yards, 70-year-old man, and starts belting this song. And he does not stop belting the entire show. This man is still wailing those high notes to a, like, pedigree that I don't even know if is natural. I can't even hit most of those notes on a good day, and I'm not even 20 he's 70 and he is just letting it rip and it is incredible maybe he's not like running all around the stage doing jumping jacks like Bruce Dickinson would be but man if Rob Halford still doesn't have the vocal range and the guitarists, the drummer the bassist now to be blunt I'm not entirely sure which members are still there I know drowning, KK drowning isn't there Uh, I think Glenn Thompson is still there, if that's the right band. So, once again, sorry if I got that information wrong. I probably should have looked it up before I started recording this, but I will. Their lineup was good. Guitars were great. Uh, You know, that Judas Priest dual guitar action, that blinding, shredding all over the place. Crazy solo after crazy solo. They are, like, note perfect it is very clear that this was a very well rehearsed show and the other thing about rob i wanted to mention is his wardrobe is incredible i mean this dude has more leather jackets than like i have socks it's really impressive uh he really does make a statement as the metal god on this uh new tour Uh, Following up One Shot of Glory, we get a single from their most recent album. I think it's the only one they played at our set was Lightning Strike, uh, which is another really great song off that record, which actually Firepower, you know, once again, 2017. I I made the comment in my Iron Maiden review that if there's one band that can make a good album in 2021, good classic metal band that can make a good album in 2021, it's Maiden. Um, I think I might have even said in their review, or Priest, like Priest in 2017, Drops such a banger of a record. I mean, firepower is great. Please go listen to it if you like Judas Priest. Uh, it's not like just some whatever late stage career. No, this thing, this thing goes off. Uh, you got to give it a listen. The Lightning Strike, I think, is a great song. Off it. next up we get uh pretty much one of the only like really big hits they play before the encore, and that's another you got another thing coming, uh which is off Screaming for Vengeance. Great song. Great here. Uh, Next, we transition into another banger. I mean, Freewheel Burning. Great song off Defenders of the Faith. Great live. Turbo Lover, same thing. Uh, You know, not a song that really clicks with me as much on record as it does in person. Mainly because it's just fun to just do the I'm your turbo lover at like, max volume that's, like, that's fun. Uh, it's it's a bit of a big stadium anthem kind of style more than the classic heavy metal. So it works really well in the live setting, but it's not something that I quite get the impact of on record. Uh, Hell Patrol is next up giving us more of that painkiller representation I crave so much because that is their best album yes i will fight everybody on this it's better than british steel it's better for than swing uh sad wings of destiny it's better than screaming for vengeance it's better than defenders of the ba- faith it's def- better than firepower i don't care what you say painkillers to do Priest's first best record oh. next up was a song that it's live performance made me really like go back and listen to it again on record because i guess i hadn't given this song it's due even though it's one of their bigger singles uh, is the sentinel which is great it was great live it's great on record uh it's such a great riff such a great hook that thing just gets in my head for hours and hours and hours and hours there was a cool visual so they have a screen behind them uh when they're playing and for a lot of the songs we get visuals uh, and the sentinel was this like Throwing knife and these like circles and kaleidoscopes of just knives. It was, it was, it was pretty badass. Um, so that was pretty great. Uh, next we have the only song I was not able to get the Judas Priest version of on iTunes is Rock and Roller. Sorry, Rock and Roller, whatever it's called. It's the, um, it's off the debut, which honestly, the old like. The really older Judas Priest doesn't do it as much for me, so rock a roll was fine live. It wasn't one of my favorites, but it was it was pretty solid live. Uh, it's just that this is the point in the track list where we get to more of the kind of like next like four ish songs where the more kind of deeper cuts from the old records um. Except for the fact that I totally skipped over probably like my one of my favorite songs here, and uh, that's my bad. Uh, So after the Test Sentinel, we actually got uh, "Touch of Evil," a touch of evil um, off Painkiller. Which, oh my God, I'm so happy they played this live. This is like a favorite Judas Priest song of mine. It's great live. It's great on record. Just the energy of that. It's not a super fast tempo, but just. The kind of like way that feels like I don't know, just like a dark air wafting into a gold castle is like awesome. I don't know. There's something about that track that really just that really just gets to me. That riff is great. I love the keyboard the <laughs> before the verse kicks in. great stuff, man. Touch of evil., uh, that's your underrated Judas Priest recommendation of the day until I talk about my favorite song. Of all-time Judas priest White that wasn't on the set list that kind of disappointed me but oh well um so then we got rock and roll which I already talked about because I'm out of order and it's like night and night and I have like literally zero brain cells left in my head um Victim of Changes is up next uh, off their second record which I think actually for an early Judas Priest album is really solid and Victim of Changes is also a pretty solid song Uh, next up we got Desert Plains, another fairly decent Judas Priest song, not like a favorite of mine, same goes for the next one, Blood Red Skies from the album Ram It Down, but still quite fun, um, next up is Invader, which I like Invader, uh, I thought it was cool, I liked the visuals we got, uh, It made me miss the fact that, spoiler alert, Exciter is not on this list. And I I guess I probably would have rather heard Exciter here, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, After that, we get, you know, in all of our moments of crowd interaction, the most notable one was we were, we got a little interaction from the drummer kind of hyping up the city I was at that I'm not going to talk about because I don't really feel like talking about where I live on the internet not yet at least Uh, once i shill out for more fame then maybe so and then we get the opening notes of painkiller and it's just as glorious as you'd assume it is it's painkiller it's like the best judas Priest song not really but it's not my favorite but god this thing rips and it ripped alive and it was everything i ever wanted it to be um i love this song i even like the death cover off Sound of Perseverance, even though as much as I love Death, I don't think they'd outdo Judas Priest on that cover. Although, Sound of Perseverance is an underrated album, uh, but that's, that's, that's a take for a different day. So, Painkiller is great here. And then, the band cuts off, they bow, they walk off, and obviously, there's like three or four Judas Priest songs, probably even more than most of you can name that we haven't mentioned yet. So, obviously, we've got an encore. The first encore we get is Electric Eye, which, you know, is a pretty great encore song. I like, I love Electric Eye. It's one of my favorite songs off that record. It's pretty awesome live. Some pretty cool visuals. Uh, once we get to this segment, to the encore, eventually, I forget what song it is in the encore, so I'm just going to talk about it here. Um, we get... Uh, in the lead up to this song that uh, we get the Judas Priest cross that I was mentioning earlier flashing a bunch of different colors which it's done a little bit throughout the show but like once again that dark cinematic mood as it's flashing these different colors and then we get the drop into electric eye is pretty sweet uh, then we also get that uh, next stage prop was just this giant inflatable bull, which the guitarist had definitely humped a few times, but we're not going to talk about that. What we're going to talk about is the fact that there was a giant inflatable bull on stage, and to be honest, and I think I read an interview where Rob Halford said it symbolized something about like their hometown. I don't know. I didn't know that at the time. I just thought it was a cool bull, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, next up is for Encore is Hellbent for Leather a song that has kind of become a mantra of Judas Priest especially Rob Halford considering once again that man owns so many leather jackets literally every single time he was coming out with some new jacket. Uh, The only one that wasn't leather was a giant denim uh, trench coat which was like a battle vest that you'd see the heavy metal battle vest with all the patches it was, I kid you not, it was like this giant trench coat Covered in heavy metal patches it was so incredible i've never seen that patches no many patches on a man in my entire life and it really just showed like how much he loves heavy metal and i i just i respect that so much it was so cool i do not own a battle vest if anybody's curious but i thought it was quite cool i was quite jealous uh After that, we get our next encore. Uh, They didn't save it for last, which I I wasn't sure if they were going to save it for last, but we get Breaking the Law, Uh, which, you know, is kind of everyone's mom's Judas Priest song, but yeah, it's still pretty great, Um, especially that final section where we get the final ba da 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 the, the, the way that riff finally comes in after Rob Halford screams the whole, you don't know what it's like, is like, oh, every time gets me. Uh, and then our final song here is "Living After Midnight, uh, which is one of those songs they got the crowd to sing along with. They even had, like, lyrics up there on the uh, on the jumbotron, so that you knew what to say. Uh, and to be fair, it was probably after midnight when I got home from this concert. So you know what? I'll get, I'll, I'll 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 give them that for anything like that. And then the show was finally over when they bowed one last time. And just like they started the show with a recording, they ended with a recording. And it was. On the screen, it just said Judas Priest, Priest will be back 50 years of heavy metal as they played Queens We Are the Champions, which is always a good way to end anything because it makes you feel like you did a whole lot, even though I just stood there and screamed heavy metal lyrics for like two and a half hours. So I was looking at like track listings uh, before the concert. Uh, There was a there's a few exceptions. I mentioned exciter uh, the the big one here was uh, metal gods was not performed at uh, This venue and obviously I've seen that uh, Even along the 50 years. We've had a few variations in track lists or what they will play what they won't play but overall I'm pretty happy with this set list even though it's missing a few things I would have liked to hear Metal Gods. Um, it is missing my favorite Judas Priest of all song of all time, which is Nightcrawler off of Painkiller. Um, slamming riff, great solo, the great spoken word interlude in the middle. It's just everything about that song is perfect, and it's beautiful, and I wish they would have played it live. But, you know, I'll go see them again, because the way that Judas Priest performed, they didn't perform like a band that's like, past their heyday. They didn't p- perform like a band that's celebrating their 50 years. I I kind of mentioned this when I talked in the Iron Maiden Review about it. Maiden was kind of the same way on that record where I felt like even despite what some people have said about that record um that I felt like there was some creativity left in the tank for Maiden. I feel like the way that Priest played, there was a lot of vitality and a lot of life in it. It didn't feel like we were just going through the motions. It felt like a genuine celebration of 50 years of heavy metal. So, for someone who had not really been to a real concert, this was pretty much absolutely the best thing I could have asked for. So, uh, moral of the story is, if it's coming to your city, if it's coming to a festival near you, Judas Priest's 50 years of heavy metal is absolutely worth your time. It's a great concert I had the time of my freaking life there and i recommend you all go out and do the same so thanks for listening to this quick little rant about uh the judas priest tour i went to go see i've been looking forward to this for like months and months and months and months and months and and i was worried i was gonna have to cancel at the last minute because of like covid issues in my family but luckily everyone was negative and it was all good and i got to go and it was all exciting but Uh, Besides for that, I just want to give a quick thanks, I'll probably do it on a main episode after the one that I already recorded goes out, Uh, but I just want to give a thanks for the absurd amount of new viewers I've gotten, I don't know why exactly, I don't know if I just hit the right hashtags the last time I posted, or what's going on, but a lot of people are viewing the show now, I've gotten a lot of, you know, uh, more viewers a lot of new viewers so while the pressure is on you know i've I've kind of been genre flipping back and forth between like pop and hip hop and then like metal and rock I've just kind of been going back and forth so I know I haven't really kept a consistent style but realistically I've but one I always try to talk about what I'm interested in things have been going back and forth especially in the terms of new music released I've found a lot of things interesting that I I'm very excited to talk about. So, uh, the album review I'm doing next, uh, Montero is, you know, a pop record. So I kind of also wanted to get this out as a bonus to give the new people who are just now joining us on this depths of music journey, something else to chew on and also something for, you know, maybe if they would have joined specifically during the Senjutsu review and are, you know, talking, trying to get into that metal, uh, this will give them something else to kind of go off of so as a bonus you know this is a little bit rougher so if you want to see the full real deal reviews other heavy metal uh, I've talked about it a few times before but you can check out my Iron Maiden review Senjutsu you can check out my Black Sabbath Heaven and Hell review you can talk about my Iron Maiden review Number of the Beast yes I covered them twice I didn't know Senjutsu was coming out when I decided to cover Number of the Beast so that's why I've covered the same band twice in like 14 episodes. I also uh did a little episode on uh Hate Beaks, number of the beak. It's an album. It's like a grindcore death metal album fronted uh with a bird, with a band The a band that's fronted by a bird, like an actual parrot is the lead vocalist for a death metal band and it is an experience. And it's an experience. Like honestly, you just got to listen to it to believe it. So that's also there for you if you feel so inclined. So until next time, thank you everyone for listening and I will catch you next time.